When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today, we're serving up a story by the slice straight from Scotland. Oh, ho, ho. I'm your hostess, Emily, and with me are the fantastic Ashley and Lindsay. Hello, ladies. What's up? Hi. What's happening? What's shaking, home slice? <laughs> <laughs> Boom For this little meal, we are going to head to the Shetland Islands of Scotland. This chain of about 100 islands is found way up north. They're located between the Orkney Islands and Norway, so they're way out there. Altogether, the islands cover 556 square miles of land, or 1,420 square kilometers. And they presently have a population of around 23,000, so they're not super populated. <laughs> You're going to say they're not super popular. <laughs> <laughs> not one wants to live there. <laughs> well, it's a little cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be a little cold, but... A little chilly. All right. It's a t- tidbit nipply. I was just going to say that. It's a tidbit nipply. <laughs> it's colder than a witch's titty out here. Just get a parka. You'll be all right. <laughs> Hook me up, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hang on a second. Pew, pew. <laughs> Let me eat my glitter. Okay, so they're not super populated. Their history was largely influenced by the invasion of the Norse around 800, common era, as Ashley was talking about in her story. Although mainland Scotland gained control over the region about 700 years later, so around 1500, common era. The Norse culture and language was so ingrained that to this day, over 90% of the place names in the region are of Norse origin. Mm, that's cool. Apparently, for like another 150, 200 years, they kept up with all the laws, cultures, language of the Norse. So, so it was still Thor's day? It was still Thor's day. I think they were a little bit like, you're not taking this from me. I'm stubborn. and You're never getting it. And they just stuck to it until they got their way. I'm going to die on this hill. <laughs> or this island. I die on a lot of hills because I'm stubborn. So, <laughs> In the 1890s, Faroese scholar Jakob Jakobsen. Mm, sounds hot. Hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Or it's Jacob or Jakob but we're going with Jakob. So JJ visited the region. <laughs> or yay yay. Yay yay. <laughs> yes. Yay yay visited the region. <laughs> and noted a peculiar pattern in place names. 
He published a book in 1901 that discussed the etymology of place names found throughout the islands and found that an astounding number of them were of Norse origin, as we previously discussed. We're not surprised, but he was like, hey, this is cool. I'm Norse. They have a whole bunch of Norse names. That's pretty cool. I feel like I'm with my people. I don't know. Maybe? We're going to go with yes. In particular, he described an abundance of locations with wool names, W-O-L, such as wool, <laughs> wolf hole. <laughs> These are so hard to say. <laughs> such as wolf hole, wolf wool, and wolvershole. Thank you, Scotland. <laughs> he believed that these names were all derived from the Old Norse uh, word for fairy, which was alf. I wasn't able to find an exact uh, explanation as to why, but apparently the Old Norse vowel A with that little apostrophe thingy over the top was changed to W-O throughout the region. So mm. locations that were once known as Alverhus became Wolverhus. Gotcha. Or, or I'm sorry, Wolvershol. So, gotcha. I don't know. They were like, we're Scottish, we're going to do our own thing. It's cool. But would the people of Shetland name so many places with the wool names? Like, why would they do this? I put, but would. And I meant to say, but why would? But why because would? I'm very good at writing. Words are hard, man. Words are hard. <laughs> so that's, that's all I have to say about that. Sometimes it's just like, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what? But what? But why would we do this? <laughs> oh my god, my youngest the other day, I, I said, okay, gentlemen, please take your dishes into the kitchen. And he goes, okay, woman. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> do you want to back that up now? Anyway, but why? Why did Scotland do this? Did they think there were fairies just absolutely everywhere? Would that explain it? Because it was just so many places. A local folklorist named Jesse Saxby published a book in 1932 entitled Shetland Traditional Lore, which some argue shines a light on why this name was often used. In this book, there's a chapter called Trows and Their Kindred. Anybody know what a trow is? I didn't. I had to look it up. I don't know. I Sorry. don't know. I have failed you. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're not terribly familiar with the word, I'll elaborate. It's a term used throughout the Orkney and Shetland Islands to describe a malignant or mischievous spirit or fairy commonly encountered in folklore of the region. Mm. I had no idea. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking like plow, trow, something you do with ground. Yeah, I was well, thinking of some sort of gardening. Yeah, yeah. There, well, there is there is a garden trowel, so. There's a yeah. trowel. Yep. Yeah. This but is not a trowel. a trowel. Okay, so there was the chapter. In this book, and it was about fairies and things related to them. So far, this really seems like it's in agreement with what JJ, or Yeye, had noted in his earlier publication of the place names. Uh, so, they were related to fairies. Well, in this chapter, Jesse talks about a creature that roams the islands, which I first learned about uh, as I was researching cryptids for Ireland. It came up as something that was related. This creature is the wolver. Yep. There's that wool. Get it? See? Mm. There's the wool name again. Okay. The wolver is essentially the Shetland version of a werewolf. Oh. oh. Except that it's not like your typical werewolf. So they have the body of a man, 
and they're covered head to toe in short brown hair. But they have the head of a wolf. So body of a man, kind of furry, head of a wolf. So kind of like Anubis, but very furry. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like Anubis moved up north and he grew a coat. He was like, it's cold. (laughs) I forgot my parka. I guess I'll just have to push one out of my skin. (laughs) I don't think this this fetching skirt is going to protect me much from the elements. Ashley's not going to be around for a few more hundred years. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Okay, so they had the body of a man, head of wolf. But these beings were not shapeshifters, so they're not like traditional werewolves. They don't change when a full moon is out. There's no curse that's put on them to turn them into feral animals like there was with the werewolves of Ireland. And there's no ancient king that passed down his ability to become a wolf. Instead, it's said that these creatures were believed by ancient Celts to have evolved from wolves, and they kind of represent a stage of evolution between wolf and human. Okay. Okay. I can kind of see that. So, yeah, I get it, but someone clearly really did not put any effort into studying evolution, because that's really not how that works at all, but okay. We'll go with it, ancient Celts. I mean, they were ancient. We gotta cut them a little (laughs) bit of a break, don't we? (laughs) They didn't know how genetics worked. They were confused about things like... A lot of things. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) All the things confused me. All the things. I know how to make really cool buildings, but I don't know much about life or how things work. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a god. Yes. Or magic. Magic. (laughs) Wolvers are said to live a life of isolation. They tend to make their homes in caves and they spend their days fishing. There is even said to be a large rock known as Wolver's Stone or Wolf's Stone from which they can be observed fishing. So if you're to go out and find the stone, you can maybe occasionally catch a wolver out there chilling, throwing out a line. Nice. What makes this creature so different from other werewolves is not its lack of transfiguration, but rather its attitude. Is it sassy? <laughs> Does it vogue a lot? <laughs> hmm. No to both, but I like both answers. <laughs> Instead, these guys are said to be benevolent. <laughs> nope. <laughs> benevolent. I matched benevolent and benevolent. <laughs> They're benevolent and peace-loving beings. Aww. So they're super chill. They're kind of like the hippie werewolves. Aww. Do you want this fish I caught? You can have it. Actually, yes, that comes up later. <gasps> oh, called it. So when I was going through and I was reading about this, and there's not a huge amount out there, and you'll find out later why, but they really kind of seem like good Samaritan cryptids, mythical creatures. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is so different than all the other stuff that I've run into, which is why I really wanted to cover this guy. It's said to act as a guide to help lost travelers find their way. Uh, They will pay respects to those who are suffering sickness or death. So, like, it'll go to your home and pay their respects. And it will even provide food for the poor. So, it does this by leaving fish on the windowsills of people that are going hungry. That's so nice. Yeah. It's really great if it's a cool day and you happen to be home. But maybe not so great if it's a hot day and you're away from home and you come home to find that. Still, it's the thought that counts, right? How many hot days do they really probably have in this 
neck of the woods. You know <laughs> what I mean? A hot day would be like, you know, a cool spring day for us, probably. <laughs> a refreshingly cool spring day here. And they're like, oh my God, we're dying. I need to shave off all this body hair. <laughs> it's understandable then that encounters with wolvers are considered by many to be good luck with some believing that the creature may even lead people to lost ancient treasures. I don't know why they believe this. I didn't see anywhere where this notion came from, but somebody out there's like, ha this could happen. <laughs> okay, but isn't every story better if there's a bunch of treasure in it? Because this is true. that's just how <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> treasure does make things more fun. Like, these benevolent wolf creatures are great, but you know what's even better? If they help you find buried crap that's worth <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Free fish or immense riches. I don't know. I don't know what I'd rather have. Unimaginable <laughs> wealth. Other people, however, are said to believe that the half-man, half-wolf is kind of a bad omen signifying imminent death. And that's probably because of its relation to coming around and paying its respects to people who are ill or who have just passed. So there's kind mm -hmm. of that tie in there. I have a question, though, because, like, how is it half wolf if it's just, like, a wolf head? <laughs> okay, so it's, like, 80% wolf. I don't know, 90% wolf. Or 90% human, 10% wolf. I don't know. I'll concede This was me doing bad math. <laughs> 80-20. I'll concede to 80-20, math queen. <laughs> and as we, as we all know, 80-20 is like the best ratio. <laughs> if you're going for burger, you're going for 80-20. This is true. It's the best. It's the most flavorful. You don't want 93-7. <laughs> Could you imagine 7% wolf? It's like his mouth is human. It's, it's, just, rest of it. it's just a snout. <laughs> <laughs> and ears <laughs> yes gotta have those uh, sadly though it seems unlikely that any modern resident or visitor of the islands will ever encounter a wolver according to scotsman.com although they were thought to be immortal beings no sightings or encounters have been recorded in over 100 years Ooh, that's a bummer yeah it's a little poo poo Don't I want to meet one Oh, that would make my kids so happy. They love Dogman. <gasps> Was this the inspiration for Dogman? <gasps> Maybe. Dogman is kind of a hero. Mm -hmm. And he he's is. got the body of a cop and the head of a dog. I think you're onto something, Linz. So could there be a natural explanation for the gentle werewolf of the Shetlands? Do you think? I'm going to go with yes. Maybe. There could be. Some have hypothesized that the legend may have arisen out of sightings of people who have a condition known as hypertrichosis. Mm -hmm. And we've actually talked about this before uh, when we talked about the woolly dolphin of Russia. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember the woolly dolphin thing? Yep. Yeah. So th this is a condition that leads to excessive hair growth all over the body. Mm -hmm. So this seems like a plausible explanation. Makes sense. Others have speculated that there might have once been a person or people suffering from lycanthropy. So this is a, a mental, it's a mental psychosis in which the affected person believes that they either are a wolf or they have the ability to become a wolf or shapeshift in general, mm -hmm. but it's generally associated with dogs or wolves. Uh, but this would make 
more sense to me as an explanation if the affected person went around telling everyone that they were a wolf, but it doesn't really explain why others viewed them yeah, as such. I mean, wouldn't you be like, okay, prove it if you're a wolf. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, eh, and then only the head changes. And then they just, <laughs> oh, that's not what I was going to say. They go, eh, and then they shit. But <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I'm a wolf, clearly. <laughs> what do I do with this? What do I do with this? I clearly just, just shit my pants. It makes me a wolf. <laughs> So I'm definitely a wolf, right? I mean, that's how it works. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to go out on your lawn and I'll prove it to you. <laughs> oh, no. Worst neighbor. It just made me think of um, <laughs> the guy from What We Do in the Shadows. When he gets turned, he's like, I'm a vampire. And he like goes around the bar just telling everybody he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> okay. <like>, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reality of the story is that it was all likely a hoax. Womp womp. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed, too. I'm sad now. The location of the Wolver's cage and... Cage. <laughs> doesn't say that. I just made that word up. <laughs> the Wolver's cave and Wolver's stain, or Wolfstone, are listed as unknown in the Scottish Cave and Mine database. So this is a database I actually went on to look this mm. thing up. Um, it does it does have the location of Wolver's Hool, so it does know where that is, but that's because that's Jessie Saxby's cottage. Okay. She's that local folklorist who's always referenced when talking about the Wolver, thanks to okay. that 1932 book. Gotcha. Got it. So her cottage was constructed within a few years of Ye Ye's visit to the region. Mm-hmm. And it's unknown whether the cottage was built on the exact site that Ye Ye referenced or if it was simply named after one of the sites that he discusses. Gotcha. So she may have been inspired by what he was discussing. According to Shetland Museum and Archives.org, there is no mention anywhere else in the history of the region of a creature known as or similar to the Wolver prior to her publication. So that is literally the first known ever mention of this creature. It's 1932. Okay. So it seems like she was simply a local with a really vivid imagination who kind of passed on her, her own storytelling as though they were legends that were handed down through several generations. And she accomplished this in her book. So although I wasn't able to actually read her book and I can't absolutely verify the truth of this I did read an entry on writing in margins uh, that states that the author of that particular website read the 1974 edition of Jesse's book Okay, and they said that nowhere in it does she ever give the names of any of her sources at all and like so she's saying oh somebody told me about this legend but never tells you who told her that and she also doesn't include a bibliography so she literally cites nobody and nothing in her book yeah that's kind of fishy yeah yeah and not the kind you find on your windowsill no it's not (laughs) not the happy kind of fishy (laughs) so (laughs) so it appears to be that this is just kind of like a it's like a viral story essentially it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of like an urban legend type of thing. Yeah, it just kind of became adopted as a true legend of the region, even though there's 
absolutely no evidence that this was ever a belief of the area, Mm -hmm. which kind of sucks. You guys have any thoughts on it before I close this one out? It just makes me sad there's no actual wolfman. Yeah. The wolver would have been cool. Where's my 80-20 wolf person? (laughs) Real sad. (laughs) (laughs) Just lean out the window and be like, I'm really hungry, Mr. 80-20. Oh, woo. (laughs) but sadly (laughs) Uh, and with that ingredients for this dish were sourced from a page on transceltic.com entitled wolver shetland's kind and generous werewolf a page on scott's nope scottclans.com called the kind scottish wolver a 2016 article from the scotsman called scottish myths wolver the kind-hearted shetland werewolf an entry on writing in Marb- Marvin's. I cannot. <laughs> there's something in the air tonight, and I want it on record that there's something going on. <laughs> there's a lot of love in this chilies tonight. <laughs> All right, Pam. <laughs> An entry on writing in margins.weebly.com titled The Wolver, a Shetland Wolf Spirit. A page on the Scottish Cave and Mine Database about Wolver's Cave. And a page on Shetland Museum and Archives. Nothing, because I didn't include that. I'm just including it now for no reason at all. Called The Real Story. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's literally not written. (laughs) Called The Real Story Behind the Shetland Wolver. Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I made it through that one. We got there eventually. What? what? <laughs> well, I think it's about time to close up the restaurant for the night. Thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a slice of wholesome Scottish werewolves. Pineapple Pizza Podcast, sweet and cheesy. Not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad that you do, question mark. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, Check out our Tee Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice. Because we can never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest. If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster, $7 Cryptid Hunter, and $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at PineAppPizzaPod. APP pizza pod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else, and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And we love you.